and we're pumped that you're here for week three of camo. And even if you're like not wearing ghillie suits around and you go hunting and you're like all into this camo thing, you can still hop on board with this idea of camouflage because somewhere deep inside of us, we love to be hidden. There's something about us that we love secrets. And, and so I worked in a preschool. I've told you stories from this before. Like, I worked in a preschool for a few years. And, and uh, Patrick, what are you doing, my man? That's what I'm saying. All right. But I've worked in this preschool for some time. And, and they would come to me, and they'd do things like this. They'd be like, uh, Emma would come up, and they'd be like, um, uh, Mr. Wobby, Mr. Wobby, like, uh, you want to, like, turn around and count to 10? And I go hide. Because that's how they talk. They, like, can't say the words or anything. And so uh, I turn around. I'll be like, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And I turn around, and there's, like, a giant classroom. There's cubbies to hide in. There's, there's things to dress up in. There's literally barrels that they could, they could hide under. There's tons of options. And I turn around, and, like, in half a second, there's Emma, like, right in front of my desk, just, like, curled up and, like, looking through her hands, like, does he see me? And, and so I just, like... Yeah, I, Emma, where'd you go? I have no idea. And then you just start hearing the <laughs> like right in front as if like you did such a bad job of hiding already. And now I can hear you laughing. Uh, and so I don't know, Emma, where'd you go? And then she's laughing. And, and it's just you're just really bad at this game. <laughs> you're just so bad at hiding. And, and there's just certain things that even Jesus on occasion was telling us that we need to be good at hiding. There's certain things that need to be hidden. And we've been talking about... Uh, about prayer. And on occasion, Jesus said this. Perfect. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father. Pray to your Father who is unseen. And he's saying that prayer is, is, is something like playing hide-and-seek. It's meant to be played well. It's meant to be hidden. And you know when you've played games well, like hide-and-seek games, when you have, like, all your friends over, and there's, like, 10 or 12 of them, it's, like, 2 in the morning, and you shut, like, all the house lights off, and you just go scatter, and, like, you're, like, tripping over furniture trying to people find people, and then there's, like, always that girl that takes, like, an hour and a half to find the rest of the group. You know, have you ever played that? It's just that's how hide-and-seek is supposed to be played. It's fun, and it's hidden well. And, and Jesus is saying that there's actually a way to pray that goes secret. It's meant to be hidden like this. And for many of us, we start talking about prayer and we start diving into it. And it's just kind of like, uh, it makes you uncomfortable maybe. Because have you ever been like in a setting where we start talking about prayer and there's a pastor talking about prayer and the whole time you're just so nervous that he's actually going to ask you to pray? You're just like, oh, please, God, don't pick me. Like, Anybody in this room can pray except I can. Then they're just like, yeah, would you like be so, would you pray for us? And you're just like, ah, you have no idea what to say. Have you ever been there? You ever been in that? Yeah, it's super awkward. You might be able to relate to this guy. Why don't you go ahead and check it out? Give us our trespasses, because we were probably lost and we didn't realize that we were on 
<laughs> so you've been there maybe and and i love it like god thank you for we pray for sherlock holmes like come on that's got to be the first i've ever heard maybe i'm missing the importance of that but but there's just something about uh you've maybe you might even understand like this is how i pray i've got it all under control but then you like step into the room with the guy who like actually knows how to pray you know what i'm saying and like he starts praying and just like the mood changes immediately and it's just anything that they say you're totally bought into. And, and he just starts praying, and it's kind of like, man, there's, there's spiritual breakthrough happening. There's like an emotional experience taking place from the words they're crafting. And you're just sold on everything. He's just, God, ooh, God, would you just bless the homeless? And you're just over the, yes, God, bless them. Bless the homeless. I need that. God, would you, God, would you deliver us? Would you deliver us? Mm, hear us, Lord, deliver us. And you're just all on board, and he just starts saying, just throwing stuff out there. God, would you, we'd need Obama for a third term. Would you just give Obama a third term? We need him. And you're just so bought in, like, yes, Lord, all things are possible with you. Just, God, I need a Mercedes, like, and he, she needs a BMW. And you're just like, yes, Lord, cars for everyone, please. Just because when they pray, you're so sold that everything they're saying is just so well-crafted. And they're actually believing that when their words are leaving and they're coming into contact with the creator of the universe, that he listens and he actually does what you ask. And, and it's just like those are obviously way out of context. And those are things that, that, that some people do. But, but there are moments when you sit in a room with somebody and you're just so bought into what they're saying and how they're praying because there's actual belief in what they're saying. There's actually belief that when they pray, the God of the universe is actually listening and that he actually wants to give you what you ask for at times. And, and I believe sometimes we miss, we actually miss uh, uh, what prayer is really like. And we have an idea of it. And I think sometimes, sometimes we treat prayer like a backpack and, and we'll put it on, and we'll carry it throughout our day, and, and we'll get up, we'll get ready for school, we'll put it on, and we'll head, we'll head to school, and things are going great, and you have God with you, he's there, he's got his own compartment, uh, he's labeled, you know where he's at at all times, and you just keep going, and, and maybe, maybe at school you get a phone call, or you get a text message, and, and your mom says something like, hey, uh, hey, I just wanted to let you know that, that your aunt is not doing so well, um, she just got rushed to the ER. They don't quite know what's going wrong, but they, they know it's, it's pretty serious, and it has something to do with their stu- her stomach. Um, and you sit there, and you're just like, wow, I, uh, I don't know how to heal. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with her. I've taken, like, a class of biology, but that's not going to do any good, so I don't know where to start. Um, and then you remember, and then you remember that you've got something, and you, you go into your backpack, and, and you just pull off, you pull out God, and you, you, du- you dust them off because it's been a while. And you look and you say, um, God, uh, I, don't, mm, I don't really know how to do this, but I hear, I hear rumors like you, can, you got some weird God magical healing power stuff. And like if you could like do something with my aunt, uh, I would, I'd really appreciate it. So like maybe, maybe like heal her and... Um, yeah, amen, amen. And then you just take God and you, you just put him right back in the backpack again in his compartment where he goes, uh, put it over your shoulder and carry on with the day. And, and just like that, it's something, it's, it's almost like he's just this compact, bite-sized, emergency, if you need it, kit right there that you have the whole time. He never leaves you or forsake you. He's always right there, but just when you need him to, just when you need him to. 
And then you go on, and, and it's Wednesday, and you go through school, and he's right there in your backpack the whole time, and then you show up to H12. You show up to H12, and everybody else is showing up with their backpacks, and they're coming in, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's time for H12. Let's, let's just pull them out. And God, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I've had a pretty rough day. I've, I've had a pretty rough week, actually, and I feel pretty down. I feel pretty bad sometimes. Um, God, I'd love it today that if you just, you just make me feel kind of good. Um, if you would help me feel you, and you come in, and we have some games, and we hit pinatas, and we do some weird stuff, and you just kind of on board with that. You're ready to feel good, and the worship, the first worship song plays, and you're you're not really feeling it. And the second song goes in, and you're you're kind of feeling a little bit. And by the third song, you're like, yes, yes, this is exactly what I need, God. I'm feeling you. This is perfect. And the message goes, and we play another song, and by the end of the night, you're like, God, that felt great. Thank you so much. My day's a little better. Uh, man, I appreciate that. I learned a lot, and. Um, I guess, uh, I guess I'll see you next week. <laughs> and you just put them back in the compartment, throw them on your back, and you're off again. And just like that, it's another compact, bite-sized thing to just put aside. And he's always there when you need him, but never really any other time. Or maybe, maybe at one point in your life, everything was just crumbling, everything was falling apart, and you just had nowhere else to turn. And so you heard these things coming around. Maybe someone invited you to age 12. Maybe someone talked to you at school. But at one point, everything was falling apart. And you heard about this thing, that this God that could solve all these problems. And so you looked in your backpack, and he's actually there. So you take him out, and you say, uh, God, my, uh, my life's crumbling a lot. And I would, I hear that you could fix that. <laughs> and I'm feeling kind of empty, and there's some cracks that need filled. And God, could you do that for me? And you ask him, and to your surprise, it actually happens. And there's a moment in your life when you actually begin to accept Christ into your life. And, and there's things that happen in that moment. He begins telling you a little bit about who you are and what he has for you and how much he cares for you. And you look, and you're liking that. And what's actually happening is you begin to talk with him, and you hold this out for an extended period of time. You actually start hearing from him. And he actually starts talking to you. And he's telling you all these things, all these great things, and he very lovingly, very lovingly taps into a little bit of your life and just says, hey, um, I've got some pretty big things for you. I've got some pretty pretty great plans that I want you to, to be a part of. But here's, some, here's the thing, like, there's just some relationships in your life, some friends groups, some, some sin, some, just some habits that I would like you to get rid of. And if you don't mind, I think that would be better for you. And as he begins talking about those things, you look and you're just – almost defensive, almost offended, like, God, I didn't, I didn't ask you to do this for me. I didn't ask you to come just start. Those are my friends. That's my girlfriend. That's my friend's group. This is my life. What, do, what am I doing? I'm not inviting you to take all of these parts of my life. And you get so defensive with all the things that God's bringing, uh, bringing out to you in, in light of you. And you just take them because you're so offended, and you just put them right back. And maybe next time your life's falling apart, you'll decide to pick it back up again. And so it's just cycle after cycle after cycle you just decide and you look at God as just something that fits in the backpack, something that you carry, and whenever you need him, you're able to pull out, and at any other time, he just kind of sits there. And I think when we, when we, we think of God in this bite-sized kind of backpack God, the idea that we have of him actually is, is kind of skewed. And it's not that just, uh, it's not just that even that God's just something that we carry and that we can use. That's true. But Jesus shows up, <laughs> Jesus shows up, and he says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father in heaven, you begin to see that God isn't just something that you carry. It's just not something that, that you can pull out whenever you want to. And he's just not something so small that fits in your backpack. But you're actually so small that he holds the entire world in his hand. As the universe is constantly expanding, he knows everything that's going on. Everything has a name. And he looks down at earth and he sees you. And he sees that you have a name. And he calls you by name. And he says, son, daughter, I want you to call me father. Father in heaven. And I'm not just some reflection of your dad. I'm the perfection of your father. And I want you to have the intimacy, the relationship that I desire with you. That's what I want from you. And all of the plans that you have, I know you think they're great, but my plans are better. And he begins speaking into you and telling you who you are and all that he has for you. And you begin to discover, God, your kingdom is better. Your way and your agenda is better. And you begin to say, no, no, I can neglect all the things that I want. Your kingdom come and your will be done. I'm going to neglect all that I have. And Steve put it this way as we went over this. Steve said it this way. True prayer is focused on God's kingdom, not mine. True prayer is focused on God's kingdom and not mine. And our intention, our intention with this actual teaching was actually to, to give it to you all at once. And as we were going over it and we were looking at all that, we, oh, we're trying to dissect this whole prayer and like, what do we teach? What don't we teach? What do we leave out? Because we actually had like two hours worth of material just to present to you. And, and I know some of you are like, yeah, I could totally sit here and listen to Steve for two hours. But like most of us are like, nah, I could probably not do that. That would be awesome. <laughs> so like we decided, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take everything. We're going to split it into two weeks uh, and then we're going to break it apart, and so just so you can get a little bit more. And so last week, last week, Steve actually dissected the first half of the prayer that we're going over. It's a prayer that Jesus prayed, and he went over all of it, and that's what's kind of the bottom line, right where we left off. And, and so if you, if you somehow missed last week, if you missed uh, the sermon last week, th- I want to let you know that th- what we're going over today, it, it can be understood, but it can't be understood to its full context until you understand exactly what we went over before. And so if, if you missed it for whatever chance uh, or for whatever reason, uh, we want to tell you, just go to our website, 12stone.com slash h12stonesl. You can actually download podcasts. We, every single sermon's up there. We have them in iTunes for you to download. I would encourage you just go back, listen to that podcast. It's crazy incredible. It's really powerful message. Uh, and we're actually going to pick up right where Steve left off last week. And just so you know, this wasn't something that Jesus taught in two parts. This is actually something that Jesus taught all together, all at once. So kind of remembering and recalling a little bit of what what Steve was saying, we're going to dive right in. So if you have your Bibles right there, uh, we're going to be on page 970 in them. Page 970, it's Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 11. If you don't have a Bible of your own, or if this is your first time, you actually don't own a Bible, uh, let this be our gift to you. Just go ahead, write your name in that one. Uh, Make it your own, reading it, writing it, get into God's word. We believe it's going to change your life. So that's just our gift to you. But if this is your, uh, you know, if you come here regularly and you know a part of this, then we just want to encourage you to turn to page 970, Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. And this is the first thing that Jesus says here. He says, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Now, if you're like me, you like this verse. You like this verse especially for, for two reasons. The first is it's like actually Jesus saying, give me. <laughs> and this is like mostly what we pray. God, give me, give me that girl's attention. Give me that guy's attention. Give me that car. Give me that family. Give me that friend's group. Give me this. Give me that. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And that's actually what most we pray. So like just the fact that Jesus is actually praying that give me this, give me, give me. I love that. You love that because that's essentially what we pray the most. <laughs> And Jesus actually asked his father for something, give me. And so we like it for that reason. We love it because it says, give me. And the second reason uh, that I like this verse, and you, you might like this verse just as much, uh, is because 
uh, food, right? You know what I'm saying? Anything that we start talking about food in the Bible, you're like, amen. Give us this day our daily bread uh, with some Nutella on top, please. Like, you're just like, give me this, God. I love food. Anytime you start talking about food, I'm all in. And here's something that, that I kind of discovered. Every time I go to eat, whether, whether it's with friends or, or I'm on a date or with, I'm with my family, whatever it is, and I'm sitting down at home and I have food in front of me, uh, I'll do this and I'll always pray over the meal. And it's nothing elaborate. It's nothing crazy. The prayer simply goes something like this. And I'll just say, uh, God, uh, thank you so much for this meal. Uh, thank you so much for this food. I, <laughs> I really like pizza. Uh, amen. Amen. It's nothing crazy. It's just something super simple. And, and that used to be just it. And then something happened about, about a year and a half ago. I heard, I heard my mom tell a story about her growing up. And just a little bit about my mom. Uh, she was divorced in California. She had two kids, my, my brother and my sister. Uh, and if you don't know anything about California, California is one of the most difficult places to live in because it's crazy expensive. So she's a single mom uh, working two or three jobs just trying to like pay for all the bills and, and provide just food and, and a home for my brother and my sister. And there was times, this was like a regular occurrence where my mom would be on her way back from work. And she, I, she told me one time she had Jeff and Tiff, my brother and sister, in a stroller. She turned the corner to where her apartment was. And, and there she opened up the door to her apartment. There was a stairwell. She lived on the second floor and all the way up. She didn't talk to anybody. She hasn't mentioned her struggle to anybody at all. It was just there. And, and she opens up the door, and all the way up the stairs to, to the entrance to her apartment is just lined with grocery bags, lined with grocery bags for food. And she couldn't make ends meet. She had no idea where it came from. She never asked for help. They just appeared. And, and you know, she's, she's trying to make ends meet. She's not able to make it. And I remember uh, her saying things like, yeah, I had utility bills, and the water bill is always high in California because of the drought. And... Uh, and I had like bills some weeks that would just be like $318.11 and I just have no idea where I'm going to get that money from. And as she walks past all the groceries and, and Tiff and Jeff are picking up the groceries to bring in the apartment, she opens up the door, the screen door, and an envelope falls down. And she picks up the envelope and, and realizes that there's money in it. And she begins counting in. It's uh, $300, uh, $18.11. And uh, she said when she sat down for that meal that night, the first time that this happened... Again, she's, she's someone who would, who would also pray, God, thank you so much for this food. Uh, and I like pizza, amen. <laughs> and there was something different that happened when you're not actually the one providing. And she sat down and just, it's the same prayer, but hear it now. Uh, God, thank you for this food. Uh, I really like this pizza, amen. And something has shifted where it's no longer like, yeah, like I have the money and I work and I've got all this and, and I was able to pay for this. And God, thank you. I'm so happy that you resourced me and you've provided all of this. And now it's here and I can eat and I, it's for my health. Like, I love this. Thank you so much, God. But there's something that shifts when you actually aren't the one <laughs> and you actually are dependent on someone else. And, and this whole idea, I believe that it's so much more than God. Just give us today our daily bread. There's so much more in the language and the context that Jesus wants you to get. That it's not everything about everything that I want that God's going to give you. It's not just that. But the, even the idea of daily bread actually comes from the Old Testament. And, and we would wait, the, God's people were wandering in the desert like 40 years. That was actually more than 40 years, but for, for four years in the desert. And like I want you to get, they can't, they can't grow, they can't harvest, they can't plant. There's no Publix, there's no Kroger anywhere nearby. They're in the middle of the desert. And each and every single morning they would wake up, they would walk outside of their tents, and right there on the ground would be manna, bread, provided for them for that day. 
manna from the sky would come down and just God would provide for them. And I don't picture like manna just like a loaf of Wonder Bread. Like, I don't know why, but I've always pictured manna like red lobster biscuits, like just something so delicious and just on point that it's just there every single day. Like, thank you, God. Unlimited biscuits outside my tent. Awesome. And this is what people, the, the people of God experienced uh, 40 years, that every day they would wake up, the daily bread would be provided for them. And it's not so much that like, oh God, give me this car and give me that and give me this and I'd really like them and I'd really like this person. I'd really like that in my life and this in my life. Could you give me, give me, give me? God's simply just saying anything that you need that I'm going to give you. And, and you could put it this way. Jesus might have, might have said it this way. God won't give us all we want, but he's given us all we have. God won't give us all we want, but he'll, he's given us all we have. All that you have for you has been provided by God. And whatever you need today, whatever you need tomorrow is provided by God. And it's not all about this, God, give me this, give me this. It's not that he's going to give you all that he wants. He just wants to, you to know that he's given you all that you already have. And so why would you ask anybody else for, for anything when God's the one who can provide it for you? Maybe that's what Jesus is wanting to, to change when you just begin to pray like him in these passages. And, and Jesus goes on, he, he says something else. Uh, this is the next thing Jesus says. He says, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And, and uh, this is such a wonderful prayer from Jesus because get this, Jesus actually didn't have to pray this. Because Jesus is, is fully man, but he's also fully God. He is God in flesh. He is fully divine. He, he doesn't mess up. He did not make a mistake. Yet he asks his father for forgiveness. And he didn't do this for him. He did this because he knows that I would mess up. He knew that I would mess up. And he knew that you would mess up. And he knew that we would mess up and make mistakes. And so he does something that's actually kind of uncomfortable for us. He, he relates our forgiveness from God you catch it? He relates our forgiveness from God to our forgiveness to other people. And that's kind of uncomfortable. And because some of you walk in here and you, you wonder why. You've been, you've been asking God, you've been praying, like, God, would you forgive me? Would you, would you forgive me of the things? I feel so wrong for all that I've done, but God, would you please forgive me? And maybe you just don't feel forgiven. You haven't fully accepted God's forgiveness in your life because somehow it's connected to the forgiveness of others. And you're so easily to look and you just start like, well, well, this person's wronged me and they've done this to me and, and there's just bitterness and there's grudge and there's so much anger inside of you and resentment that you can't fully accept all the forgiveness that God has for you because you haven't fully understood what it means to forgive somebody else. So God, would you forgive us as we forgive our debtors? And maybe it just means uh, when you read this that you just start having pretty honest conversations with God. And it might just look something like, God, uh, God, there are a lot of people that hurt me. God, there are, there are a lot of people that have, that have wronged me. Um, a lot of people that actually owe me. And, uh, but God, there's, there's a lot that I owe you for. And uh, there's a lot that I've wronged you about. Um, so in the same way, God, that you've forgiven me, uh, would you help me? Um, to forgive them. And maybe that's praying like Jesus. And maybe that is what God wants you to get. Maybe that's what God, Jesus was trying to teach us. 
Would you forgive uh, our debtors as, as we forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors? And finally, Jesus sums everything up. Jesus finally sums everything up in this verse. He says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because here's the truth. Here's the truth. Uh, Somewhere inside of us that we are actually born uh, disobedient. (laughs) We're actually born with some sort of like rebellious spirit inside of us. Like how many of you know this? Uh, So like, like how many of you struggle with sin? How many of us struggle with sin, right? All right, so, so me too. Like, and everyone who just raised your hand, you're like pretty honest, like, yeah, I've struggled with sin. And then all of you who didn't raise your hand, you're, you're very clearly struggling with sin because you're all liars. Like, <laughs> you just, you, we all struggle with sin. And it's just who we are because deep down inside of who we are, there's something about us. It's the human nature. It's, it, it's just who we are. And that we're, we, we're di- born with the idea that we can just be disobedient, that we don't actually have to be taught how to be disobedient. If you've ever been around kids, like, again, working in the preschool, I saw this all the time. I never, ever had to teach Sydney, like, hey, Sydney, uh, it's, it's probably, not a ba- probably not a good thing to uh, use your shoe as a weapon. Like, I never, I never had to have that conversation. She just knew. She just knew that, like, she could use her shoe as a weapon whenever she wanted. I never had to be, like, uh, have conversations with Ian to teach him how to, like, use crayons as many daggers. Like, that just happened. I never had to have conversations with Sevy of, like, how people's faces somehow are great launch ramps for his toy Hummers. Because, like, he just knew that they were. I don't know. And these are the conversations that I never had to have. I never had to teach them these things because inside of who they were, they just knew. They just knew how to be bad. But you bet I had to have conversations that went something like, hey, uh, maybe, it's, maybe this is why it's, it's pretty important to, to treat others nicely. <laughs> this, is why it's, this is why it's a good thing to share. And you have to teach them actually how to do good. You never have to teach them how to be wrong. It's because deep down at their core in who we are in our sinful nature, in our human nature, we are born with a rebellious spirit inside of us. It's just who we are. And when Jesus prays this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I actually think he's, he's tearing at the root of who we are. He's praying against the, 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 the evil and just the spirit that we are born into. He's praying against God. Would you change my heart? And it's, it's like this. How many of you how many have ever been hungry? You've ever been hungry? Right. And when you're hungry, what do you want? food done and so like when i'm hungry and i'm like in the grocery store and i've got the shakes like the shakes something fierce you know what i'm saying and i'm in there and i make a beeline you know straight where i'm going i'm going like straight to the nutella like i'm starving like give me the nutella and then i'm like running straight to the ice cream section and i'm getting the pint of ben and jerry's half baked you feel me oh so good and that's where straight where i'm headed and you just you get hungry and you're in a grocery store you know what you're never going to hear someone say dude i'm like I'm so hungry, I could really go for a carrot right now. And I'm like, bro, what's wrong with you? Get some Sour Patch Kids. That's what's going to do the trick. You know what I'm saying? Or like, bro, uh, man, I'm like so hungry, I could eat an entire, and I mean a whole roll of lettuce right now. And like, bro, no, get some bacon in your body. Like, this is what you need. That's not going to do anything for you. And so we're hungry, and we go straight to, like, the frozen food sections, and we down, like, 
the whole 40 count of the pizza rolls and the bagel bites, and we go straight to the hostess boxes, and the whole sleeves of Oreos are destroyed. You know what I'm saying? That's what we go for when we're hungry. But you know what happens when you down the whole 40 thing? I'm looking at you, and you guys, oh, man, I've done that. Dang it. <laughs> it's like, you know what happens when you down the whole 40 count of pizza rolls, and the entire sleeve of Oreos, and the whole pint of Ben and Jerry's is gone, and like you don't know what you just ate, like the whole container of Nutella's laying on the floor, and you don't know where it went. Like, you know how you feel afterwards? You feel so awful. <laughs> if you haven't experienced that, I promise you, you feel gross. And the older you get, the more gross you feel. <laughs> like, I used to be able to eat Taco Bell on a regu regular basis with, like, no effect. But now it's like, I feel like I'm dying with a cheese quesadilla. It's just like, because that stuff is so unhealthy. And some of you are like, you poor thing. I'm sorry for you. But, like, that's what happens. If you indulge in all of that, you feel awful. You feel terrible. And, uh... It's crazy <laughs> because every time you make that decision, you still know how you're going to feel at the end. But why is it that when you're hungry, you still run to the exact same thing? It's just going to make you feel awful again. And uh, it's crazy. The same thing is similar to sin in our life. Uh, our desire and within our human nature is actually to do what's wrong, actually to go after what is unhealthy. Uh, but it doesn't help us. And here's the truth about sin. Here's the truth about it. It's in your notes. Write it down. Sin promises to feed, but never promises to survive. Sin promises to feed, but never promises to survive. Because every time you indulge in the same thing again and again, you go after the same unhealth, uh, you notice that it just leaves you feeling the same. And even though when you, you first indulge in those things, you like kind of get fed. You kind of feel it. Uh, and then as it sits and it's just processed a little bit, it does something weird inside of you and it just feels wrong. <laughs> and, and sin will always promise to give you some sort of temporary satisfaction. Sin will always do that. It'll always feed you. But if you ever tried to live on Nutella or 40 things of pizza rolls every day, something would go wrong with your body. <laughs> And, like, your body couldn't actually keep up with it. And due to malnutrition and all sort of complications, you couldn't actually survive. You couldn't survive. And sin's the same thing. It will promise to feed you, but it won't promise you survival. It'll feed you temporarily, but long term, it won't keep you alive. And, and, and have you ever met the, the, like, health kick people? Like, every time you see them, they've got, like, raw veggies and, like, a protein shake in their hand. And you're just like, what's up with that? <laughs> and you just like start talking to them like, hey, dude, like we're going to go get we're going to go get milkshakes or like, hey, you want to split this sleeve of Oreos with me? And they like look at you disgusted. They're like, no. Like, do you do you even know what that's made of? That they can't even call it ice cream. It's plastic. It's plastic. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you even know what you're ingesting in your body? And they're just like, you feel so offended. You're like, you just want to hang out <laughs> like but the reason why they're able to say no to those things is because they are currently experiencing the long-term benefits of short-term uh, right decisions. Right decision after right decision after right decision, and eventually they actually start feeling healthy. It's like they've discovered, and they're walking, and they're living in the better life. And when you just begin to be like, hey, maybe you like, want some of this? And they're, No. Because they, as, as much as that's going to satisfy them short-term, they know that the long-term effect is so much worse. But regardless, in our lives, we'll continue to go back to the same thing again and again and again. 
And it's short-term decision after short-term decision. And we start saying, yeah, uh, you know what, I'm o- I think I'm okay with just settling for the, the junk food. I think I'm, I'm okay on settling with unhealth, but if you just continue to feed unhealth, you'll actually become an unhealthy person, and it'll show, and everyone will know it, and it'll actually start destroying you. And maybe, uh, maybe you just need to have conversations like Jesus was having. God, would you lead us not to temptation, but would you deliver me from evil? And Jesus isn't praying that like all the junk food in the world would go away and that there would be no such thing as Oreos and Sour Patch Kids or anything like that. Again, he's actually saying, God, those things are still going to be there, but would you inside of me change my heart, change the desire of my soul to not desire that? Would you eliminate that evil inside of me? And what would it look like if you just begin asking God those things? And instead of just stumbling to the same website again and again, and watching the same Twitter accounts and Instagrams again and again. And each and every single time, you go ahead and you do it, and you just feel so unhealthy. You feel guilty, and you know you've made the poor decision. What if your conversation with God was just something like, hey, um, God, would you change my heart? Would you deliver me from this evil? And you begin taking practical steps. Would you lead me non-temptation? You would, you would actually take practical steps to get out of that but you would at the same time be asking God to change the root of your heart. And maybe you just continue to have conversations with people and it's, it's something like, oh, well, every time I bring them up, I just feel so much bitterness and so much hatred and just, I just start talking trash about them. And I would, I would really like to stop, but I would just really like to stop hearing their name. <laughs> and maybe then I'll just stop talking bad about them. Maybe I'll start subtweeting sub about this and, and, and going into detail about this and that and just gossip all over the place. And what if you just simply had the conversation with God that was, God, I don't want that about me. Would you change my heart for that person? Would you change my heart to show love? God, would you deliver me from evil? And what if we begin to pray this way? And maybe for some of you, God is calling you to forgive. Maybe you don't feel forgiven because you have a hard time just forgiving those around you. Maybe there are places you go where you know you'll be tempted, and maybe today God is asking you to take drastic steps to avoid going back to the miserable places that make you feel unhealthy. But remember, it's not about the power of repeating the same words of Jesus and just repeating these prayers. It's not just about repeating them, but actually reflecting on the heart of what he was saying. And so this is my challenge for you. If you would uh, just do this, will you commit to praying like Jesus this week? Will you commit to praying like Jesus this week? Our Father who in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, would you give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those Uh, our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What if you actually prayed like Jesus this week? And not just saying the prayer, not just praying like him, but actually meaning it. And who knows? Maybe the prayers you pray tonight, the prayers that you mean in secret, are the very ones that change your life today.
So today, let's, uh, would you join me as I begin to pray? And would you, even at this time, pray like Jesus? So God, we thank you so much for who you are, for how big you are, for how great you are, for how good you are, for how faithful you are. God, that all the things going on in this universe and all the things that, that you could have your attention on, that you choose to have your attention on me. And not even that, that it's just I get a little bit of your attention, God, but you are wooing. You are constantly asking for a relationship, an intimate relationship as a father to a son or daughter. God, that that's what you want for me. And God, would I be so wrapped up in your kingdom, God, in your desires, in your will, and the things you want in my life and the things you want in the life of others, God, would I be so concerned with that that I actually begin throwing aside the things that I want God, would you do that inside of me? God, would you make me care more about your kingdom than my own? And God, I, I know you that you're a provider and all that I have are things that you've given to me. And I thank you for that. I thank you for being our provider. Would you continue to be a provider for me every day? Everything that I need from you, God, I believe that I can trust in you, that it's coming. And God, there's oftentimes that people offend me and it's really difficult, but God, I pray that you would help me to forgive them because I have also been forgiven by you and I've wronged you in so many more ways than I've ever uh, been wronged, yet you still choose to love and forgive me. And God, there's certain things in my heart that I would like to change. And so God, for these students, for myself, for all of us here, God, the things that you've, you've pointed out, that you've convicted, that you've begun to bring to light and, and to the surface, God, uh, that maybe is just a little unhealthy that we keep going back to, God, would you change our hearts? Would you, would you find the, the, the evil, the root of where this all comes from, and would you uproot it? Would you eliminate it? Would you just remove the filter so we can fully understand all of our purpose, all of our plan, all of the power you have for us? God, because you want to give us all of who you are. So God, we want to accept that. So would you continue to change our hearts today? We love you. We thank you for all that you do for us and all that you are. It's your name we pray. Amen.